My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, yes, we are so here for you. And my theory is that not all media is there for mothers and families. In fact, a lot of media is not there for mothers and families. And this is not to say I want to go negative from the top of the show. I really don't even like negative media. But, but we also want to be truthful. And, and the reason Channel Mom exists is because we think there's a huge void in the media for moms and for families. And, you know, we, you don't have to agree with everything we say. But we would love to cheerlead you and encourage you and coach you and give you the latest and greatest information for your parenting and for yourself. The mother herself sometimes gets left out about things that she needs to do in her life and for her own self, her own uh, well-being, uh, spiritual growth, uh, physical health, all of it. So we bring you those sorts of things as well. And, and I, I get really excited when we have the upcoming ladies on the show because I know they're going to have great advice for you. Uh, Ann Wiggins and Linda Williams have written a book about parenting that is fabulous and they've also uh, put together a DVD, produced a DVD called How to Parenting. And and I really believe that whether you, you love their tactics or you hate them, that they work. So, so you can raise objections and you can say, well, I would do it differently or I would even do it slightly differently. First of all, if you want to have little tweaks in what they do, they're not going to object to that. But they do have a basic philosophy that says, don't spoil your children. You need to discipline your children. You need to have rules set up for your children and boundaries, boundaries set up for your children. Not necessarily a popular philosophy in today's culture, but they're going to talk... <laughs> Get ready, because I think just about every mom and dad needs to hear what we're going to talk about today. If you are having moments, especially as Christmas approaches, or perhaps you celebrate Hanukkah, but as the time of gift giving begins, we tend to see the worst in our children when it comes to entitlement, lack of appreciation, a demanding nature, uh, selfishness, all of those things. And so today we're going to talk about what do you do when your kids start to act spoiled? Let's just put it out there. When your kids are acting spoiled. And, and we're going we're gonna to skew it a little bit towards teenagers, but, but certainly we can bring in the toddler crew. Because this starts, at, you know, from about age one and a half when the child wants the toy and he wants the toy and he wants it now. Uh, on up into, you know, before they leave the house when they're 18 years old. Presumably they leave the house. Something like a third of all 20 to 30 year olds are living with their parents now. So this could be happening with your 24 year old. And in, in that case, you can stick around for that as well. So today we're going to touch on what happens when your kids are acting spoiled and entitled and demanding and selfish. And I think unless you're just the perfect parent with the perfect child, and I don't believe that exists, uh, you're going to have this issue, at least at one point in your parenting life. So Anna and Linda are going to join us on that note. And we have a fascinating soundbite from somebody from Oprah. You will not believe what this doctor says. Now, you might agree with her. But she is telling you 
that you need not to say a certain word to your children or it might break their spirit. I just don't know what happens going to happen to those children if they never hear this word. And <laughs> I'm Jorge smiling because I think he's heard the soundbite. And, you know, look, you may agree with this woman and, 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 and call me or write me or whatever and tell me why. But, uh, yeah. yeah, fascinating what goes on out there. And this is something that was on Oprah's show. I think Oprah's a big fan of this woman. Uh, I can't even pronounce her name. Dr. Shafali Sabari or Sabari, maybe. I don't know kind of an interesting name. Um, T-S-A-B-A-R-Y. Has nothing to do with the language you speak, right, Jorge? Nothing to do with Spanish. <laughs> so I, I'm not making fun of it. I just don't know how to say it. Okay. So one last thing. We've got a big announcement about what's happening to Channel Mom in 2015. Uh, I'm hoping it's all for your good and for the good of the audience and for the good of the country and for the good of motherhood in America and beyond outside our borders. Uh, we are growing and expanding and um, we're going to tell you about where we're growing and going. Uh, the sad news for, for our wonderful KLVZ audience is that we'll be leaving KLVZ, but we'll be going elsewhere, and we're going to be giving you more and more details about that uh, as we go on this week and, and into early next week. And we will also have announcements on channelmom.com, which, of course, you uh, there you can find our past shows, past video clips, podcasts, and so on. So, so know that about channelmom.com. Okay. Why don't we play the intro, the wonderful people who sponsor our friends, Ann and Linda. Hello, this is Amy Knapp. My husband, Dr. Phil Knapp, and I own Chatfield Eye Care. Dr. Phil has over 20 years of experience as an optometrist. We've chosen to sponsor the Behavior Makeover segment with Ann and Linda because we're committed to helping parents learn effective, godly methods for raising their children. We are also committed to the efforts of Jenny and Channel Mom. Dr. Phil and I have two boys that are 17 and 12. Parenting them has been the greatest challenge, but also the greatest blessing God has provided. At Chatfield Eye Care, we provide eye care with an eye care attitude. We do not treat people as a number, but always remember that there is a person attached to every set of eyes. We love to assist moms, dads, and kids in proactively maintaining their eye health for the very best eyesight. So call us at 303-933-0353. Now, enjoy Behavior Makeover, brought to you by Chatfield Eye Care. And thank you to our friends at Chatfield Eye Care. Uh, my whole family goes there, and Dr. Phil is fabulous. Not to be confused with the Dr. Phil on television. Although I don't think he's still, is he still on television? I don't know that he is or not. Anyway, Dr. Phil's great. He, he's gentle gentle and wonderful and explains everything about the eye that you could possibly want to know and is very helpful and has great glasses and so on. So thanks to our friends at Chatfield. Okay. So, Jorge, I told you we were going to do the sound bite, but I think I'm going to wait till the next segment because I want Ann and Linda to kind of explain to folks uh, how they're going to handle this situation with entitlement. So, Ann Wiggins, Linda Williams, authors of Parenting from the Heights, welcome to Channel Mom and your behavior makeover segment. Thank you, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, hi, Linda. Hi, Ann. Um, I will be very good about saying who talks first so I don't have you guys step on each other. Let's start with Ann since she wrote me the longest email about this particular subject. Uh, she feels very strongly about it and, and, and knows it's rampant out there. Folks, you got to understand, Ann and Linda counsel parents. That's what they do. They help parents who have children with behavioral issues, and don't we all at one point in, in their upbringing, but they come in and they, and they just revamp the way in which uh, things are going on in the household, and, and including di you know, disciplinary measures and habits and schedules and everything. And, and you know, they're not... Uh, 
I was going to say Nazis about it, but that's probably not okay to say. But they're they're not the Gestapo, but they do come in and they they really can switch things around and change the behavior of naughty children. And and that is what they want to help us with today. When our kids are acting entitled, especially during the holiday season. So so Anne, just talk about this. What does it look like? How does a mom or dad know if maybe their kids are just um, going over the top and this, you know, maybe saying, you know, I want some chocolate versus something else. Why don't you give them some examples or, or how can they know if their kids have gone overboard in the entitlement and, and spoiled arena? Well, I think any glimpse of entitlement, whether it's over a piece of chocolate or over a pair of expensive shoes or over a car that they want, wherever they are on the spectrum, any sign of entitlement is not acceptable, and it is not a sign of better things to come. So when you see it happen, whether they're two years old or 16 or 18, you want to hop on that right away. This does not go away by itself. Entitlement is something that we uh, tend to go towards naturally. So in order to not do it, somebody has to step in and redirect that behavior. Sure. I mean, can you explain it before we go to your mom? Um, Mother-daughter team, by the way, Anne Anne and Linda. Daughter being Anne, mom being Linda. Can you explain what it looks like, Anne, when when somebody's quote-unquote entitled? I mean, we we, politically, it's a very politically charged word, and and we say that that, there are certain people that act entitled in our country to, to certain benefits and so on. What does it look like in a child? Well, what it looks like in a child is just simply, I want something, and I should get that something. I hear children all the time, all the time say, I want a cookie. I want that. Give me that. And 99.9% of the time, a well-intentioned, truly lovely, loving mother will say, oh, you want a cookie? And then they'll deal with it. And I think, oh, no, 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 stop right there. Stop right there. I want a cookie is the problem. The child can say, may I have a cookie? But they have to be trained to ask that way. And then the mother may say, yes, you may, or no, you may not. But when you come at it, words are so powerful. Mm -hmm. The way you phrase what you say will shape the way you think about what you say and vice versa. It all goes together. So you really have to train yourself and your children instead of I want, I need, you have to give me, I deserve, we hear that a lot in our culture from adults too, is May I have? Would this be a good thing for me? God, do you want me to have this? That's mm-hmm. the attitude that God wants us to take. Sure. So, so to, f- to flush it out or flush it out a little bit more, what I would say is when they seek something, it's in a demanding tone. It's, I want this and I want it now. Um, and it's in a uh, realm of, I deserve this. And so you better give it to me. And, and that becomes entitled. Well, I, you know, I want it and I deserve it, so I should get it. And by the way, I'm going to throw a fit if I don't, or I'm going to give you the silent treatment, or I'm going to, you know, um, yes. be, be critical of you as a parent or whatever it is. And all those things happen. Okay, so Linda, when you, so, so that's how a parent can, de, you know, define whether or not their child is starting to act entitled and spoiled. Could I jump in here? Yeah, yeah. I want one more thing. Yeah, absolutely. Think- and I want you to tell me also how you saw it in the school environment as a teacher. But go ahead. Okay, I think every single time you see a sullen, pouty, unhappy child, even by the look on his face and the way he may be pulling at his parents or a a teenager with the attitude, you have an entitled child. They're dissatisfied because things are never enough for happiness. We need to learn that as parents, too. You know, you go out and you buy something, and it's wonderful for the short 
time, and then you want something else. And that's, it's even more so for a child. You know, their, their attention span is even shorter. But things don't bring you happiness. So when you see this sullen, pouty kind of look, I just know instantly that that child probably has a room full of stuff. Case in point, I was in Walmart two days ago. And I had to run in and get uh, an under-the-bed box because we're moving. And yeah. I heard before I saw, long before I saw, I heard, a, and I knew it was a young child, it, I would guess six years old. And he was talking very, very, very loudly. And he was saying, nobody ever buys me anything. Nobody ever I want, you know, and Honestly, I was in the store for about 15 minutes, and I could hear him wherever he was. And when I left, he had just arrived at the registers, and he was still saying the same thing and crying and feeling sorry for himself. I have no idea whether he got anything. Apparently not. But he was just I thought he is a miserable child because, obviously, he gets stuff all the time. And so a trip to the store without getting something is, you know, like this horrible experience for him. Um, yeah. So that's how I identify him, sure, along with what sure. everything else. And, and and very briefly, what did it look like in the school environment? How could you tell oh, when you had an entitled child? Pretty much the same thing. Whenever you said anything, they got their feelings hurt. They they just wore feelings on the edge of their sleeve, you know. So if you looked at them cross-eyed, it was you were this horrible person doing that, you know. And I just I would pretty much ignore that, and I would pounce on all the children that didn't do that. Oh, I love how you know you're doing this, and I love how you're doing that, and just ignore them. Um, <laughs> but that it, it's almost like a disease for our children today. Yeah. It is it, it's just gets in before we realize it, and uh, man, it takes over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend who has a word for it, and I'll have to think of it in the break, um, about something like I have itis or something, but, but something to the effect of they have to have something all the time. When we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the soundbite. I may not play the whole thing. We may save the whole thing for Wednesday's show. But um, when we come back, Ann and Linda are going to go through two things that make your kids less likely to have the entitlement mentality and be, to be more appreciative especially in this Christmas season. So stay tuned for our friends Ann and Linda with Behavior Makeover. I've made a mess with me The person that I've been lately Ain't who I want to be These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication Hello. to companionship, from fun Whee! to love, from passion Mwah. and purpose to good old intimacy. <sighs> What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com.
Yes. Sometimes kids need a little reminder of who they should be if they want to be happy in life. Uh, and that is not entitled. And by the way, we all struggle with this. I find myself on a daily basis being entitled. And, and Linda, I'm going to admit something to you. On the way down the hill, I thought about, I don't know, so I wanted something to happen or somebody to let me in with my car, you know, or whatever, or something I wanted to have to, to eat. And, I, and it didn't work out. I didn't get my way. And I was, I was like internally a little mad. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I'm about to go learn how my kids shouldn't be entitled. And I have a sense of entitlement. Like, why can't I just have that today, God? Or why can't things just work out? Or why can't I just have, you know, the dinner I want? Or the, the, the man to let me into traffic the way that I want him to? Or whatever it is, we do it daily, don't we? I know we I do. definitely do, Jenny. Yeah. That's why I said earlier, it, this is so sinister. And how it gets a grip on you, it is nothing more than our sin nature. It's just a window to who we truly are without the help of God in our lives, and even with his help, how human we are and how easy, how easy and quick we can fall into this. Sure. And and Linda said something. We're talking about your kids acting entitled and spoiled, especially in this season. It, it tends to happen. And Linda said a, a, a quick identifier for whether or not they're going to this place is if, if your child is sullen and pouty, and it's probably right after you've said no to something. And I, and I I was thinking about it in my own kids, and I think, wow, <laughs> uh, then there's definitely a sense of entitlement there because my kids, you know, sometimes will definitely go to that place of sullenness and pouty when they don't get their way or they don't get something they want. And often now as they get older, it's an event they want. It's a sleepover. It's going somewhere. It's wanting to go to a party. And, and we almost always say no to a party unless we're sure it's, it's going to be in a certain you know, kind of environment where there's not likely to be drugs or alcohol. So I definitely see those identifiers, Linda, in my own kids. So, Anne, why don't we talk about two things, and we'll have Linda weigh on, in on this as well, two things that we know we have to have and that our children will have to have in order to get over this sense of entitlement. Two things that, that you have written about and you spoke about in your email with me that our kids have to have to get over the sense of entitlement. Right, and it's not just kids, it's us as well. Okay. And, and this is huge for adults, too, because sure. like you said, we do tend to gravitate in that direction of entitlement. The number one thing is to go without. Oh, that hurts so much to think of as Americans, because we so rarely go without anything that we truly want. It's at our fingertips. It's in our wallet in the form of a credit card. You swipe it, you've got it. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to work for it. It just kind of comes. So many things are like that. And that just absolutely creates the sense of entitlement. There are times for us as adults and certainly for our children when even when we could have something, we don't have it. We choose to deny ourselves. We go without, even when we could have it. That is absolutely huge. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. The second thing is you work with people and observe other people who go without, not necessarily because they want to, but because they truly don't have. Go almost anywhere else in the world, maybe with the exception of, of Europe, but go to Central America, South America, Africa, places like that, and you will see poverty like you have never witnessed before in your life. You will see tiny malnourished children walking up to you begging for money so they can go buy themselves to eat. And I will tell you, the first time my kids ever experienced that, they were about six and eight years old when we took them on a mission trip to a South American country. And both of them walked the streets with tears 
streaming down their faces because they were so appalled at the poverty that they were seeing. It was one of the absolute best things we ever did for our children. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Linda, I'm going to have you weigh in on these two things, but, but I want to say two quick things before you do. Number one, I, I have learned this partly from fasting. Um, now I tend to be a discipline driven person. So, so I am fortunate in that way, but, but, but call me and I'll tell you the issues that, that I struggle with because I'm not, I'm not good at everything by any means, but, but I tend to um, gravitate toward things like fasting. And when I fast, I recognize how much more I appreciate, you know, my, my special drink in the morning and, and certain kinds of food and, and I miss, you know, bread and butter and all kinds of silly things when I'm fasting. And I, I think, man, when I go without, I really do appreciate what I have, n- number one. Um, and number two, I, I want to talk about the fact that we, the missions thing is so key. I have friends who come back from missions trips and they say, do you know that I actually think there's more joy and, and I don't mean this in a pandering or patronizing way, but there's more joy in poor countries because they're not beholden to their stuff and, and their things. And so they, they say that they visit kids in other countries that have nothing and they barely know where their next meal is coming from. And yet they're joyful because, because they don't think they should be getting the next best thing and going to the next best movie and everything else. And so I, I love what you said, Anne, cause I think that's so true. So, so Linda, go into some specifics about how we can, uh, incorporate going without into our kids' lives. And just know that we're going to save some of this for tomorrow. And I know Anne has uh, an example about a girl who went without we're going to save for tomorrow as well. And we may be saving this soundbite for tomorrow. But go ahead, Linda. And uh, I'm sorry, for Wednesday. Go ahead, Linda, oh, and tell us. Okay. I, uh, I would recommend that the mothers do what I've been doing since we're making a house move, and that's called clean it out. I think they really need to get busy and take away not permanently necessarily, but take away a lot of stuff. Um, so often, you know, you're grounded and so you can't go here for the day or for a couple of days or I'm going to take this phone away from you for overnight. Or I'm talking just take it away and let them go without for a period of time that's more than 24 hours. Um, after they've lost a privilege or something they really love, a tech thing, then they get it back a couple of months later. Believe me, they're going to appreciate it big time. And they may not even get it permanently, but, you know, just for a short time. But I would definitely just really, or or have your little kids at this time of year, give up toys and then take them somewhere to be given and, and re-gifted to children. So that's one way to do it. You know, another way I think we can fight this uh, this whole entitled thing is to spend more time with our children. And I don't mean just being physically in the same room or in a car. I mean talk, converse, and even harder for parents is to listen, to to ask questions that might elicit some answers and conversation, but then be quiet and listen to your child talk back and build a relationship because time trumps stuff every time. And I think if any of us listening today would go back in our minds to a really special time that we might have spent with our father or with a favorite aunt or uncle. I'll bet anything it had to do with the time yeah. and the, the uh, relationship and the conversation much more than just some big toy that was dropped off at sure. your door. Sure. So I would really recommend that, you know, just up the family time and, and uh, turn the TV off and 
ban the cell phones from the table and sure. talk. I, I totally agree. More time, fewer things. I thought of the condition. It's called affluenza, and we suffer from it in America. A very brief snippet from a soundbite we're going to talk about on Wednesday uh, about something that a doctor says we shouldn't have to say to our children. Go ahead, Jorge. How do you say no without crushing a child's spirit? So the reason she's saying that intuitively, rightly so, is because the no is a soul crusher. Because life the no is a soul crusher. So uh, she goes on to suggest that we probably shouldn't say no <laughs> when we can avoid it. And that instead we should think of a way to say yes, and then maybe we should embed a no in the yes. Anyway... This was from uh, an interview that Oprah did, and I found it fascinating, and our friends are going to weigh in on it tomorrow. Very quickly, we only have a minute, Anne and Linda. Anne, can you tell folks how to find you in your fabulous book and DVD? Sure. We are at parentingfromtheheights.com. The book is called Parenting from the Heights. You can get that on Amazon as well. And our video is How to Parenting, just some really practical how-to things. Also, on parentingfromtheheights.com or on Amazon. Wonderful. Ann and Linda, you're going to join me on Wednesday, yes? Yes. yes. Wonderful. Yeah, great advice, and I'm going to tell you more of what they're going to do to you know, help you specifically if your child is acting entitled or spoiled uh, on Wednesday. We'll tell you how to do that, but I'll, I'll let you know right after the break right here on Channel Mom. Behavior Makeover, brought to you by Chatfield Eye Care. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication Hello. to companionship, from fun Whee! to love, from passion <laughs> and purpose to good old intimacy. <gasps> what are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit marydashwell.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. Specific ways that you can reduce a sense of entitlement or just acting spoiled in your children coming up on Wednesday and an example of one girl and what her parents did that changed everything on the next Channel Mom on Wednesday. In the meantime, Mom, thanks for all you do to raise your children well. It's hard, I know, but we so appreciate your commitment to it. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com. Christ's love lives in his word. The new 810 KLVZ.